0: Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Listen, all you New Yorkers. Hello. I hope no one's eating dinner. Something like that. What's up, everybody? It's 10 o'clock on Monday night, which means it's time for the next best thing. Dear Jesus. I'm your host, Jonathan B. Lerner, and I'll be with you for the next two hours. Well, get ready. Don't go anywhere. We have a great, 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 great show lined up for you tonight. I can't even contain myself. But before we get to any of that, we'd like to kick the show off by doing what we always do, and that is review all of the great and the not-so-great things that have happened on... This Day in History Today is September 25th, National Lobster Day and National One-Hit Wonder Day. I hope you've been celebrating. On this day in 1789, the first U.S. Congress adopted 12 amendments to the Constitution. Ten of the amendments became the Bill of Rights. On this day, jumping way ahead to 1957, 300 U.S. Army troops stood guard as nine black students were escorted to class at Central High School in Little Rock, Arkansas. The children had been forced to withdraw two days earlier because of unruly white mobs. Some things never change. On this day, in 1965, Willie Mays, at the age of 34, became the oldest man to hit 50 home runs in a single season. On this day in 1981, Sandra Day O'Connor became the first female justice of the U.S. Supreme Court when she was sworn in. On this very day in 2001, Michael Jordan announced that he would return to the NBA as a player for not the Chicago Bulls, but the Washington Wizards. He became the president of basketball operations for the Wizards on January 19, 2000. Man, those were some crazy times, seeing Michael Jordan play for a team that wasn't the Bulls and play like he was kind of getting older because he was kind of getting older. It was a little sad, but you know what's crazy? He was still the best player on that team. What does that tell you? One, he's a superhero. Two, that team sucked. That's what happened on this day in history. And who knows? Perhaps we'll make history right here tonight on Radio Free Brooklyn and be studied for years to come. But who are we kidding? Probably not. You're listening to The Next Best Thing. Stay tuned. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Holy sweet mother of God, it is 10 o'clock on a Monday night, so you know what that means. Is it time for your favorite show ever? No! But it is time for the next best thing. I'm your host, Jonathan B. Lerner, keeping you company every Monday night from 10 until midnight right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Can you hear me? One second. Testing. One, two, three. Are we on? Great. Anywho, before we get into what's going on in the news, what's going on in the world, let's do the housekeeping that we always have to take care of. Let's just get it out of the way right off the top. You can tweet at us. We are at NextBestRadio. That's at Radio. Go ahead and like us on Facebook, follow us on Facebook. A lot of stuff gets posted on our Facebook page, stuff that we talk about in any given episode, information, links to pertinent sites, all that stuff usually goes up on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com/nBT radio. Also, if you're really feeling like you want to go all out and write, more than 140 characters, more than something you'd feel comfortable posting on a Facebook wall, you can always feel free to send us an email. We are at nextbestthing at radiofreebrooklyn.org. And lastly, we do ask you to remember that we are fully listener and producer supported. If you like what you hear on Radio Free Brooklyn, if you like what you hear tonight, please consider going to our website, going to this show's page and donating a little something something to keep us in business. If you like what you hear tonight, well, a donation could ensure that you will get to hear more next week and the weeks after that. Uh, if you feel so inclined, you can go to rfb.nyc slash nbt. Again, that's rfb.nyc slash nbt. Oh, man, that was exhausting, wasn't it? It was for me. I'm sure it was for you too. So, That's all the housekeeping I can think of right now. If I've forgotten anything.
1: Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares.
0: Good. I hope you were standing during that song. I hope, you're, I hope you were at attention and your hand was placed over your heart, because if not, fuck you, you disrespectful son of a bitch. Just kidding, like I give a crap.
1: Oh,
0: you're so funny. You're listening to The Next Best Thing on Radio Free Brooklyn, and I thought we would start with that song, which you might recognize as our national anthem. Yes, that's right, the Star Spangled Banner. Written by Francis Scott Key to celebrate and commemorate everything we have done, we've gone through in this country to create this land of the free, home of the brave. Man, has that song ever been as controversial as it was last weekend and still is today? The answer is no. So just go ahead and say or think, no! "No!" We have a great show put together for you tonight. Kevin Nichai, singer, actor, musician, coach, teacher, and... Former Peace Corps worker and -and up-and-coming stand-up comedian will be joining us live in studio very soon. Kevin and I met when we were both music students, vocal performance students at the Indiana University Jacobs School of Music. We weren't, we were both students there at the same time, but we didn't study in the same studio with the same teacher, and I think he was actually a year ahead of me. We did, I believe we were in at least one choir together, and I know we were in a production of She Loves Me Together, but that's as close as Kevin and I got, so it's been a long time, and it'll be great to catch up, see what he's been up to. He's been up to a lot. I can tell you that much right now, but he'll explain more once he gets here. Boy, oh boy, a lot has gone on in the past week. I say that every week, I mean it every week, and that's no different right now. Before I dive into it, because I kind of want to wait until he gets here to really delve in on the juicy, juicy, shish, shush. <laughs> You know, the juicy, shish, shush. Like the NFL, all the crap that's going on in the NFL, which is so really ironic when you think about it, because of all things for the NFL to have the spotlight for. The National Anthem, really? I mean, we've talked about the NFL a lot on this show. I've even voiced my own hypocrisy for the NFL about how I love my Chiefs, I like watching the games, and yet I know it's It's just a league of death and a league of denial. All the corruption, all the denial, all the suppression of the medical studies. And here we are standing together arm in arm to, you know, vouch our support for people who want to protest during the National Anthem. They're not protesting the National Anthem. They're not even, it has nothing to do with the National Anthem. The reason this whole thing came about is because one player decided to take a small stand to speak out against police brutality and racism. So this was a protest of police brutality and racism. But now, what is it about? First of all, the player that started this, if you're not a football fan, you might be interested to know that the player who started this whole thing is no longer in the league. It's very ironic because what was it that got the coaches and owners and most of the players and executives all riled up and all inspired to stand together and be united, solidarity, all that stuff. Well, it was Donald Trump and the stupid shit he said in Alabama recently. What did he say? Here's exactly what Donald Trump had to say about the NFL players who have decided to protest in one way or another.
1: Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners, when somebody disrespects our flag,
0: to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now, out. He's fired. He's fired! He's fired! Okay, so that's what he said. That's what's gotten people riled up. But here's the irony. That's exactly what happened. I mean, people are acting like that's an absurd... First of all, well, it is an absurd thing for him to say. It's also illegal. You can't fire somebody for doing something that's totally legal, totally constitutional, and totally who the hell cares. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people do, and we're going to get into it. But that is a, a... That recording of our national anthem I just played for you barely lasts one minute. They did a silent, peaceful protest during a one-minute song before their football game. If that's really going to make you lose sleep at night, then there's a lot of things wrong with you that you need to go get checked out. But that's neither here nor there. The fact of the matter is, a lot of these owners who have decided to take a stand with their players and speak out against Donald Trump are people who have supported him, who have donated money to his campaign, and who have done exactly what he said. Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick is the name of the NFL player who was first to speak out on any issue. Like I said, the issues were police brutality and racism. He chose to speak out by not standing at attention during the national anthem. He chose to sit, then he chose to kneel. Totally his right. Well, he didn't play much, and once that season ended, Tired. Gone. Not on a team. Trust me, if you watched any NFL games, you know that they haven't been great. There is not a chance in hell that Colin Kaepernick, who I'm not even a fan of, to be perfectly honest, and I don't think played particularly well his last season and a half, but that said, there is not a chance in hell that he's not better than some starting quarterbacks in the NFL and all backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, I shouldn't say all. of backup in the NFL. Not a chance. So he lost his job for speaking out on this issue. Period. The end. And that's what Donald Trump said should happen. And that's what everyone's all up in arms about. So we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about Anthony Weiner. Do you remember Anthony Weiner? Yeah. Sad story. Sad guy. Everything about him is just, well, sad at this point and awful. He's in more trouble and he's been sentenced to two years in prison. Yeah, we're going to talk about that because I know that, I mean, I have an opinion on it and I know that I have some questions about it, frankly, and so I'll wait to ask those questions. And let's see, what else are we going to talk about? Hmm? Did anybody hear that there was <laughs> there was another mass shooting in America yesterday? Did anyone hear that? I wouldn't be surprised if the answer was, no, there was a mass shooting yesterday. There was a shooting at a Tennessee church, killed one person, wounded seven people, And you probably didn't even hear about it. Why? Because, well, apparently mass shootings and gun violence as a whole have become so goddamn common and so pervasive in America that we seriously don't even report on them much anymore. I mean, as if as if we needed. Forgive me, folks. I love the country and I'm I'm so grateful to live here. And that's not I'm not being sarcastic. I really, truly am. That said, has it ever been more shameful and embarrassing to be an American as if we needed anything else to be embarrassed about right now. I mean, it's, this is an issue I've always felt strongly about, and that's no different now. If anything, it's getting more intense. This is a disgrace. This is, I mean, let me just put, put this stat out there. I could give you so many stats, but I know no one likes stats, especially on radio. But I do want to point out that last year, in 2016, there were almost 60,000 instances of gun violence here in this country. Not in the world, in America. That included 15,078 deaths. 671 of which were children. Now, if something like the swine flu or the Ebola virus was killing that many people, Americans would be flipping the fuck out. But this? No, no big deal. Let's talk about the national anthem and Donald Trump. It's a disgrace. It is shameful I'm embarrassed and sad about it. Truly sad and angry, actually. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm more angry than I am sad about it, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. Ugh. Oh. You're listening to The Next Best Thing right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. And we're going to be right back.
1: I drink Dr. Pepper and I'm proud. I used to be alone in a crowd. But now you look around these days. This used to be a Dr. Pepper craze. I'm a pepper, he's a pepper, she's a pepper. We're a pepper, wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? I'm a pepper, he's a pepper, she's a pepper. If you drink Dr. Pepper, you're a pepper too. Peppers are an interesting breed. An original
0: taste is what we need. Ask any pepper and a say. Only got the
1: pepper taste that way. Well.
0: This is the next best thing. Don't go. Kevin DeChai is joining us now in the studio. As I said, singer, acting musician, acting coach, and now up and coming stand up comic. What did I forget? Ah. I forgot something. Ah, No, that's good. Everything. (laughs) A renaissance man. A renaissance man. Now, I said earlier that you grew up in, pronounce it for, it's in Pennsylvania. Monongahela.
1: Monongahela, Pennsylvania. Yeah.
0: Right. Now that's a suburb of Pittsburgh.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. Okay.
0: It's tiny. It's pretty small, yeah. Mahananella.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, what does
0: it mean? Is that an Indian like a It is an Indian. Oh, yeah. see. I know. I speak the language. <laughs> All right. So how do you feel Did you were you up on this NFL controversy? How did oh, yeah. you miss, how could you miss it?
1: Oh, well, the Steelers were uh... Oh, do you like the Steelers? You... Well, eh. <laughs> well, that's huge. You know, they 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 didn't come out, you know, on, one on Sunday. One did. One did. Yes. One
0: did, and there I actually heard people this morning talking about how they thought that was bad of him. To break from the team. Everyone. Shut the hell up. <laughs> who, who let people do what they want to do and yeah. play the game. These people are talking about it's a place of employment, so you shouldn't spite your political views. It's a place of employment. They're supposed to play the football game, so just play the football game. Mm. And, and I'm not saying they shouldn't. I don't care what they do. Yeah. And why does anybody?
1: Yeah.
0: And it's all horse shit anyway, because the same owners and coaches and other players who took a stand yesterday... <laughs> against what Trump said. Well, Trump said you should fire them for taking a stand. That's what they did to Colin Kaepernick, which is the yeah, irony. Right. He's the one who took the first stand, and he's been yeah. shunned. So that's exactly what they did. The whole thing is so ass-backwards <laughs> that it's like, it's like you want to support because it is crazy what he said. Yeah, To fire someone for something like that mm. is actually illegal. But what is it that he does that's not illegal? He gets away with everything.
1: Uh, he really does.
0: <laughs> Isn't it outrageous? Yeah. Is this the, I mean, I'll, I'll ask again, because it feels like the goddamn Twilight Zone. And there's more to this. Oh, yeah, a lot of players, teams, they all had their own ways of protesting. But I think Alex Smith, who's the quarterback of the Chiefs, who I can tell you is about as, I mean, he is, I don't know if it's trained or just if this is his personality. I mean, he was once asked what his favorite, it was right around Thanksgiving, he asked what his favorite Thanksgiving dish was. Mm. And he kind of paused and was like, well, you know, Turkey stands out very. I mean, he's he's not going to offend anybody. He's not going to offend anybody, even with a question like that. And this is what he had to say. And I thought this, I mean, I think this pretty much sums it up. Simple sums it up.
1: I'm talking about
0: the comments that were made uh, by the president. Yeah. I I think targeting uh, the NFL, targeting the, uh, the, the quality of the character of guys in this league for, for, for that very protest. And I found that very alarming. Um, This is the same
1: guy that couldn't condemn Violent neo Nazis, and he's condemning guys that that are taking a knee during the pro during the na- anthem. So, um, I find that
0: I find that there's bigger issues out there that he should probably be worried about. Um, and so, for some reason, he's the NFL is on his mind. So that's another thing that I think people are missing in all this. There are multiple hurricanes underway, hmm. threats of nuclear war from North Korea. Thanks to him, really, uh, Trump. Earthquakes. Earthquakes. I mean, all sorts of stuff. Healthcare, care, well, it's kind of been killed today, which we'll talk about, but that threat to kill healthcare was looming. This is what Donald Trump was thinking about. This is what he was talking about in Alabama, and he's been tweeting about it ever since. Doesn't that bother anybody? I mean, really? Like, I'm not even talking about his stupid supporters, and I, I've lost all sense of like, well, I understand where they're <laughs> coming from because I don't. I mean, like, I can understand why... I don't know. I don't know if I can actually anymore.
1: You know, it's a pattern. You know, it, he he comes out with these outrageous statements, and and then you know, everything right. explodes. Well, yeah, maybe literally.
0: <laughs> but no, did you think that's when you say that? Because originally, during the campaign and stuff, I thought that it was to distract from anything in any given week. Right now, I was thinking about this. It's probably still to do that. This Russia thing is getting
1: distraction, mm-hmm. and yeah. no one's paying attention, to it,
0: which is. I mean, really. They've told Paul Manafort, straight up, you are going to be indicted. They told him that. I mean, like, he was his campaign manager. Mm-hmm. This is not <laughs> going to end well for him. I'm not kidding. Like, even if he even if he did something really that's going to screw him over, not by accident, but because he thought he had no chance, which I think is what happened, right. he, it's getting close oh close. yeah
1: no it's gonna be it's gonna be fun it's just uh what's what's gonna happen next is the i know
0: Ooh. i know well what claim what what state of mind are you in because i've always actually been thinking well if he gets impeached that might be worse
1: you know they they if if he gets impeached they they better bring charges against all of them but who mike pence all of them yeah they but, they and, have but then who do we be end up with complicit well I, that's the thing all is right. that i don't want Mike Pence. I think Paul Ryan would be In, well, the least of of yeah. all those equals. Oh, least, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is that they're all bad. They're all bad.
0: And Pence, Ryan, McConnell, they all have more political
1: savvy than him. Yeah. No, that's why that's why um yeah. I mean Paul Ryan's like a chump. Like yeah, you look at yeah. Paul Ryan and it's like
0: But people think of him as like a young, kind of cool, sensible guy. He's not cool. (laughs) He's He's really not. And he has no balls either. Like when Trump says this outrageous, not even not even outrageous or offensive stuff, but sometimes just straight up stupid. Like straight up, like, have you ever read a book type stuff? Paul Ryan does what everyone else does, dances around to being like, Well, you know, I he's not a politician. And it's like, not a politician. I have a four-year-old niece who couldn't wouldn't say something that stupid, and she's not a politician either. So he's playing that same
1: game, which... we know who terrified... Mike Pence terrified me. I mean, there's, there's something... Well, there's the religious fundamentalism. Indiana, we know. We know oh, we do. Firsthand. We do he we was do. horrible. He was hated in Indiana. Yeah, I mean, the HIV rates went up when he was oh, governor.
0: Right, and he was hated. I mean, like, he got booed at, like, Indiana State <laughs> baseball games.
1: But there's something about him that... that he comes across as a competent politician. He comes yeah. a- across as not only someone who's calculated and cool, um, scary, uh, but also you know that the, the fundamentalism is, yeah. is, and he really it's believes a it. Bad combo. See, he I don't really know. Does.
0: I don't know what Trump
1: believes. He doesn't believe anything, and I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing.
0: Who cares what he believes? He doesn't. He thinks about himself.
1: Mm-hmm, that's period. it. Period. He's an opportunist. That's that's about it.
0: That's another thing about this whole. He's talking about. He's riling up his base, being like anyone who disrespects our flag and doesn't salute our country, it's like, what do you even know about, like, respecting the flag? And, like, yep. you know, like, what sacrifices has he given up? Nothing, Nothing. Ever. No. I mean, truly.
1: Well, I called my my grandfather uh, yesterday. He was in World War II. He's a 92-year-old Navy vet. He mm-hmm. enlisted. Um, and voluntarily? Voluntarily. Wow. Yeah, I was just like, um, hey, uh, what do you think uh, of all this stuff that's going on? And mm-hmm. he was like, you know, I, I don't think necessarily people should kneel during the anthem. But you know what? The, the reason that we went over there, the reason that I went over there right. was so that they could do that. They're not hurting anybody. Right.
0: That's the point. Yeah. Like he's talking about disrespecting our country. What is the country about? The country is more than a cloth flag mm-hmm. and a one-minute one verse of a song truly. And like, even when he was asked straight up, so he could have made something up what sacrifices he's ever made. This is what he had to say on television. What sacrifice have you made for your country? I think I've made a lot of sacrifices. Uh, I work very, very hard. I've created thousands and thousands of jobs, tens of thousands of jobs, Uh, built great structures. I've done, I've had, I've had tremendous success. Uh Yeah. Yeah. So not only did he just say, well, nothing, but I'm not even sure, he didn't even convey that he understands the definition of the word, truly, mm-hmm. because sacrifice, I, uh, I have created many jobs, I've built structures, <laughs> what did you give up to do that stuff, and also not even that, like I get why he might think saying I created jobs makes him sound good, but here's the thing, it's not like... He created menial tasks to give to people he knew needed work. Mm-hmm. He, he needs people to run his factories, his businesses or whatever. Without them, he wouldn't exist. So it's not about giving people jobs. It's about finding people to do the real labor. Yeah. It's a give and take. There's no sacrifice about it. That'd be like if I was like, I sold or, oh, I saw someone who forgot their lunch. So I sold them half of my sandwich sacrifice. No, I sold it to them. They gave me money for it. I didn't give up anything. Half the sandwich, but I also got money. It's and, and no. people in the in the reporter did kind of call him out on it. Those, those are sacrifices. Oh, sure. I think they're sacrifices.
1: I think when I can employ thousands and thousands of people, take care of their education, take care of so many things, even in military. I mean, I was very responsible along with a group of people for getting the Vietnam Memorial built in downtown Manhattan, which to this day people thank me for. Uh, I raised, and I have raised millions of dollars for the vets.
0: I'm helping the vets a lot. What?
1: You're an idiot!
0: Okay, he is. (laughs) Truly. Didn't, doesn't understand the concept. So anyway, so that happened. Let's see, what else is going on in the world?
1: Moving right Right along. along.
0: Plenty. Oh, Anthony Weiner. Did you hear about this? Oh,
1: I did. I saw, uh, yeah.
0: 21 months in prison for his latest sexting scandal. So, he's lost his seat in Congress, his bid to become mayor... His marriage, his career, the life he knew—quite possibly contributed to the destruction of Hillary's campaign because that's what Comey reopened the thing for. Although, mm. I blame Comey for that. Really, mm. twenty-one months in jail for
1: mm-hmm. the, So, I mean, that's what you get for—is it? Yeah.
0: What you, you, well, like <laughs> here's the thing: I, I am like I do want to. I have questions about it only because, like, so the judge and uh, the federal district court said that. Uh, yes, his offense was a serious crime, deserved serious punishment, but she also said that there was a uniform opinion among those who had examined him that he had, quote, a disease that involves sexual compulsivity. Some call it a sex addiction. She also said that he was finally receiving, quote, effective treatment for this disease, including attending group therapy. I find that he's making an enormous contribution to others who are suffering from that same disease. So she's saying it's a disease. Now, look, first of all, I have no, I don't, like, I'm not, Anthony Wiener sympathizer. I think he had he made a big mistake and had a golden opportunity to find his way back into politics. He could have won that May, mayoral race. I think mayoral so. race. yeah I might have even supported him. Like I liked him until this whole thing happened again and again and again. Yeah. And there's a documentary called Wiener, which was supposed to be <laughs> tracking like his comeback and then it was like oh my god he uh-huh. did this again uh-huh. and i didn't like him in that not even not because of this but because of the way he treated his wife
1: yeah
0: he's not a nice guy
1: well yeah i mean you can sexing is one thing you know but this this girl was 15 years old
0: sex yeah right right this girl was yeah see that's the thing so now i know it's going and i know i'm going to get heat for this cuz people are going to be like what the hell you sound like you want him out of jail that's not even the point all i'm asking is That she's called it a disease. She said he's now getting effective treatment and improving. She also said that it's a problem. The difficulty here is that it's a very strong compulsion, so strong, she continued, that despite two very public disclosures and the destruction of your career on two occasions, you continue with the activity. Now, that's fair enough, true. I mean, that's why I think, okay, you're done. Yeah, especially for anything ever of elected office. But was he receiving the effective treatment that she talked about before the two public disclosures? Because if not, then doesn't it make sense as to why, I mean, doesn't that make a difference as to why he couldn't stop? I mean, like if it's it's a disease, I don't know. But also, so his lawyer sought probation, obviously, because that's their job. Prosecutors said that wasn't enough. It was inadequate. And so they recommended 21 to 27 sentences. And their theory was, quote, there's a history here that simply can't be ignored. One prosecutor said, what's required here is to stop the defendant from reoffending, to fully pierce his denial, in this tragic cycle is a meaning, meaningful term of imprisonment. So, she says there's a history here. Now, here's my question. There's a history of sexting and being sleazy and shitty to his wife. Which that's, is not illegal. Which is ter- yeah, which <laughs> is bad, and that's why I think he's an asshole, yeah. and I don't feel bad for him, but it's not illegal. What's illegal is the fact that she was 15, but it was sexting. It wasn't, they never met. So mm-hmm. I know it's silly legal to sex, right? Yeah. Must be. That kid, now I know this was a big uproar, but that kid who was a swimmer who like raped someone, she proctored her. his sentence was shorter than this. Yeah. And he served even less than that.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. Like this was, it's sexting. Like it's a problem. Mm-hmm. But I just think like, I'm just thinking like, wait even when you bust someone for dealing drugs, like they have cops who work undercover and like get people to deal drugs, but it can't, you can't just stop after you've like set up a time to meet.
1: No. Yeah. Well, I would say that, that, uh, the, the issue isn't that Anthony Weiner, uh, got too much time. I would say that Brock Turner should still be in prison.
0: That's true. Brock Turner obviously got ridiculously low sentence, (laughs) but like, I don't know. I just think like, I do wonder, like, you know, I don't know. Like if he was being under treatment and like under surveillance and stuff, no phone, maybe. I just think that our prisons are over to be honest. Like I just and it costs people so much money.
1: Well let's let, let the let the people who are in there on charges of, of possession of marijuana. True, oh.
0: true. I mean, yeah, but that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, like obviously those are much lower. Those are nothing. They should I mean the, be in jail.
1: The numbers, the contribution, I mean the the, yeah. the you know, those high numbers in our prisons
0: are mainly are
1: from people who yeah. You Know they're in the prison pipeline,
0: yeah, you know. yeah, and the, yeah, true, but I mean, I just, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm not even thinking, I'm not even thinking of it like that. Obviously, he's not being, you know, like profiled here, yeah. like, but I don't know. I just think two years, I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, that seems for because when you break it all down, and what's his problems the sexing, the sexing, the sexing, the lying about sexing. It's a sexting addiction. Like, that's what's really, like, awful. And then the 15-year-old is truly the illegal clamp down on it. Mm-hmm. So when they're talking about a history, all the stuff that led up to the sexting, and, like, the 15-year-old doesn't count. It's not illegal. It shouldn't count. It's terrible, and he's an idiot, and <laughs> he's really, really, right. yeah, okay. Anyway, yeah. so I don't know. I don't know. Like, I get it. I get the impulse to be like, because I have the impulse to be like, you are messed up. Like, you need serious something. There's something wrong with him. Truly. What do you think it is? That's such a weird compulsion, don't you think? Because it's not even sex addiction, it's a sexting thing.
1: I, I you know, I, I have. Tell us all about I it. Have, you know, com- I have compulsions. <laughs> sexting? I, no, not, not sexting. Um, <laughs> well, that's what I
0: mean. Probably like.
1: But they're weird compulsions. Like, uh, d- this is really embarrassing, but I. D- will don't worry, it's just that. <laughs> eat two pints of ice cream a night if, if someone let me. Um,
0: uh, well, okay. First of all, Hardly like illegal, but also if someone let you, that means you control it yourself. Who's yeah. stopping you?
1: Uh, <laughs> yourself, myself, so it's not like <laughs> my you know, wallet. My yeah. Wallet. Uh, I mean, I get that though.
0: I mean, like, you know, but this is something real, yeah. not, not that that's not real. Uh, Some people do have our but, food addicts,
1: you know, there's you know, but the fact that
0: like he did this,
1: people was, have a, a predisposition to addiction, and um, it just do you? depends. I mean, the ice cream thing's pretty bad. Is it really? I mean, Do I was have... like trolling, or there was a one point where I was trolling around at different drugstores. They're so, to, so easy to, to like, find. See, they're like, everywhere. Well, like, you <laughs> you know, so you know how sometimes, like, if they've been on the shelf for a little bit too long, oh. they'll, like, knock the price down. So they're actually, oh, I like, walking that. around to all of the bodegas to see, like, it I didn't lowest. know that. It was pretty bad. I've kind of um, been, <laughs> been binging too lately. <laughs> really? Oh. That's... No, but, um, no, I, I think, you know, the addiction is, is a predisposition, and it just, it's whatever you fixate on. Yeah,
0: it's just weird that, like, this is a weird one to me, only because it's so it's so new-agey, first of all. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, if he existed 20 years ago, he would, it'd be something. Wouldn't it be something? Because, like, he couldn't, because, like, you're right. Stuff like this, a compulsion like this, and it is a compulsion. The fact that, like, he got, he lost his seat in Congress and was humiliated, truly disgraced. Mm. It was like, I can't imagine and then he truly had that window. People had kind of gotten over it and were getting it behind him for the mayoral thing. And he did it again. He did it again. Like, that's,
1: what, <laughs> that's what's just like... And that's self-sabotage. Well, that's what eye, I'm like,
0: like... I mean, it's one thing to like be sexting as <laughs> a congressman, like, as a congressman.
1: Because probably a lot of them do.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, look yeah. at Bill Clinton.
1: I mean, come on. That was
0: not sexting. That's what I mean. That was the physical. They met. They did stuff in the Oval Office. Yeah. Also not illegal. also (laughs) not illegal. But, you know, anyway. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just think that it's interesting. Like, if we were talking about, I mean, put it like uh, alcohol. Mm -hmm. Like, if it was someone who was drinking, it's a hard analogy to make. Because how do you, like, how do you involve the 15-year-old? That's the thing, though. It never actually happened.
1: Well, you know, and... Probably details technologies I know. technology is interesting I and mean, you were talking about how, how new of a phenomenon it is and um, I think uh, they've actually done studies where when you hear the chime that you got a new text you know you get the the, the rush of yeah. you know Love the that. serotonin right and, yeah that makes sense and, um, and he knows that which it's is similar to you know when cocaine. you are taking drugs yeah
0: right well it's sugar too mm-hmm. I mean that's like that's all so correlated now that it's like. Have you seen the documentary "Fed Up"? Mm-mm. It's great. It's great, and it actually. It actually impacted me so much that I truly. And I've never really done anything like this, but I truly did try and like give up sugar completely, mm. which is impossible. It's it's in everything.
1: No, oh, yeah, it's hard.
0: And so I tried to give it up for probably like half a year, and now I binge on it
1: constantly i did it for four months did you four months i was it <laughs> did, you, well, did you actually could you do it i did a binge day that's the key a one a day a week one day okay, where you yeah. eat whatever you want i've heard
0: that so but like did you the thing is, is everyone always talks about these diets they do and i'm gonna do not i mean i'm talking about sugar but people talk about veganism paleo uh anything anything and everything that's out there and they say oh my god i felt so great and my life was changed <laughs> i think like really like I didn't notice hardly any difference, and I just wanted some cake. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I don't know. Did you notice anything? Did you feel better? I know I did.
1: I did think you? I did. Okay, oh, yeah, I had more energy.
0: So why'd you do? Why'd you go back? Because it's just so damn it's delicious.
1: So good. <laughs> it's, so delicious. it's that ice cream. I, I know. What's your wagon? favorite kind? Oh my god! I get a different kind every, Wait, kind, you're every like, time. Wait, you're
0: you're lucky then, I guess. I mean, like usually, if someone has an addiction like heroin, I don't even know. What do they? They start to look old and like gross if it's cocaine uh-huh. they lose their teeth like usually if it's like ice cream they get real fat yeah that's never happened oh, to i kind of i know it I lose weight on sugar <laughs> oh,
1: really? Oh, really yeah i think the sugar makes me kind of go a little bit crazy i get a little jittery wow <laughs> interesting well i guess
0: that's a blessing mm, i don't know i don't know whatever all right what else is in the news anthony Weiner. so i don't know i guess like he'll probably get released early okay moving along here third attempt to repeal obamacare in the last six months is dead Susan Collins of Maine announced tonight that she would oppose the latest plan to repeal and place the Affordable Care Act blah 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 blah. It's short. So now that means she's the third vote. They they can't do it. I've really, like I'm to the point now where I'm just so angry that they're doing this over Uh, and over. Is this number four? This is at least three. They've been talking about it constantly, obviously, but this is their third, like, attempt, Mm -hmm. like a vote. What this is like So twisted, obscene, and needlessly like cruel because it's It's Mitch. Well, Mm. all of them. I mean, like the fact (laughs) that like the thing is, like it's one thing to come up with one atrocious bill to rip people's healthcare away, but then to do it over Mm -hmm. and over again. It's like just when people breathe a sigh of relief and think, "Oh, thank God," up to thirty-two million people won't have their healthcare stripped away, they drum it back up again. It's like, is there nothing else to be doing? I get that you said you'd repeal and replace. You failed. It's not happening.
1: At this point, it's, it's, it's malicious intent.
0: It's truly just hurting. It's like scaring yeah. people. Obviously, no one wants them to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, Has it ever occurred to them that there might be a reason why nothing's been getting passed even though they control the entire government? They're so oblivious. I hate them so much.
1: <laughs> it's it's the same as going after the the dreamers.
0: It is insane. This is all insane.
1: It's like how mean can you be?
0: How mean and how stupid. How do they think it makes them look good to fail over and over again? Yeah. Because that's what's happening. I can't honestly, I can't believe. It's pretty remarkable that they control the Congress, the Senate, and the White House and they pass nothing. Nothing. <laughs> like nothing. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Good, but unbelievable and not good. I mean, like, scary. Because that's the thing. Everything they threaten is scary. It's truly scaring people. I mean, like, and it rightfully so. Oh, God. This is a terrible time.
1: I think everybody needs to watch the movie. This is a great movie. Mr. Smith goes to watch it. I thought you were
0: going to say Mrs. Doubtfire. No. <laughs> no everybody really should watch Mrs. Okay. Doubtfire also. Oh, yes, they should. Tell them what Mr. No, Smith is about.
1: No, it's beautiful. Uh, Jimmy Stewart and Gene Arthur, who is the best actor. <laughs> and when Jimmy Stewart and Gene Arthur are together on the screen, it's just, it's phenomenal. But um yeah, I don't know, it's about this uh this idealistic Eagle Scout kinda he runs he leads the Boy Scout troop back home and and uh they get him into the Senate. How? It's House. like a mistake, Senate. isn't it? I don't know. No, they do it because um they think he's gonna be easy to control. Right, that's right. Yeah. And uh it's just it's really well acted, it's really well written.
0: And he takes a stand.
1: And he takes a stand. He filibusters. That's right. The big, that's the penultimate moment of the movie. He's and up there filibustering. Wouldn't it be great if that happened? Yeah.
0: Now I guess we can say John. You know, John McCain said on the news today, like, "Well, you know, this prognosis, I'm probably going to die soon. Really, is what he was saying. Like, I mean, have you ever like been like, oh, no, we need John McCain.' Like, I mean, it's like <laughs> it's crazy, but we do.
1: I never hated. I, I never hated, hated him. John McCain until. He was what a serious. I didn't. I never hated John. Bale. Well, no, I was, but, but what, when he, he was like a serious contender for the for the. President.
0: I didn't hate him when he was a nominee. I hated him when he picked Sarah Palin to run against. Run yeah. with.
1: Well, he didn't have any choice over that. Well, you know? he picked
0: her because he needed a game changing pick and all that stuff, which was true. I get that, but it was reckless, and she was an idiot. She's like Donald Trump. She's a female yeah. version of Donald Trump without as much money.
1: <laughs> right. They they oh. nudged him to the right. Farther than I think yeah. historically, he has been.
0: Trump? Oh no, oh, McCain. Oh, McCain. Mm-hmm.
1: Sure. And Trump is another story. Again, we talked about that. Trump doesn't have any yeah. any allegiance to anything.
0: No. There's. I play recording a all the time of him being like,
1: the the economy does better under Democrats. You and see the flip flops? Oh yeah, the, the all of them flip flops.
0: Yeah, and yes, but those are like <laughs> those are like within the past, literally within the past year. It's mm-hmm. stuff like the NFL. They were playing up They were showing them today, being like, Obama. Someone who thinks he can tell NFL players what to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, they actually have they they printed. They have these red flip flops. Oh, really? Yeah, and oh, they okay. printed no, the on, on the left side. They have tweets from a year ago, and on the wow. right side, they have tweets from now, and well, they're just directly contradictory. I mean, people
0: have been coming up with stuff like that. The New York Times had that whole thing of lies, like. Why aren't those like those are interesting and cool? But why aren't they affecting people? What is with it? Nobody cares about facts, but it I mean, like, matter but what that's awful. That's
1: it's a scary crazy. time, it's terrifying. And
0: he did this. Mm. I do blame mm. him. Well, he when he said, like, we I could shoot there. people on Fifth Avenue and no one would care, that's true. Yeah. That's
1: true. No, it's totally true,
0: which is scary that it's true, but also scary that like he knows that so well that he said it mm-hmm. on TV. We have so many stupid people. <laughs> like, never underestimate stupid people in large groups. It's true. It's true. And there's way more than we thought. Okay, one Moving last right news along. thing I want to talk about, then we'll get on to you and your life. <laughs> is um, So there was, a, I mentioned this right before you came in, but there was a sh- church shooting yesterday. A shooting in Tennessee at, at the church. One person was killed, seven wounded. No one even really knows about it because... I didn't know about it because it's so common and so just eh, another one of these yeah, right. that it just was swept. In, it was barely a news story. <laughs> this makes me really mad. I mean, like, I I hate guns. Now these are these are everything we've really talked about is pretty dangerous because there's like real, you know, galvanizing issues where everyone has their opinion and stuff like that. But like guns, I just the the fact that we've gotten it's not even. We have no regular... I mean, we have no gun restrictions Mm. at all. I mean, like, after Sandy Hook, we did nothing. Nothing. I mean, actually, there have been measures taken to make it Mm -hmm. easier to get guns. Yeah, It's... Okay, okay. Last year, I never do stats, but I'm just going to say this. Last year, almost 60,000 instances of gun violence, 15,000 deaths, 700 were kids. If that many people were dying of, like, the swine flu or Ebola or uh, bike crashes... Mm -hmm. people would be flipping out. I mean, seriously, there was that one guy in Brooklyn who got Ebola. Mm -hmm. One guy. And didn't even die from it. And people were flipping their shit. And yet this is happening and no one cares. No one cares.
1: I don't understand this. This is insane to me. Why are we so stupid and awful? I'd like to see an epidemiologist take a look at those. Well, they're not allowed to. Did you
0: know that? No. Like, they actually, the NRA has taken up so much control that they actually have made certain studies and certain, like, research and facts, all da- data that made it illegal. And we let them do that. I, I don't, like, nothing makes me more mad than this gun thing. I hate the NRA so much. After something like Sandy Hook, after Orlando or whatever, they come out and they're like, this is not the time to talk about gun control and they want to take your guns and militia. It's like, what? <laughs> what are you... Talking about and when I hear stuff like that, you know, you know, like when you're down in the subway and you see some guy in the corner Uh, peeing on himself, talking about like, (laughs) you know, the aliens are after me. You see someone like that and you think, oh, sad, and then you keep walking, right? You wouldn't give them millions of dollars and some voice in Congress. You wouldn't do that. So why are we doing it when these people say stuff that actually is getting people killed? Uh I hate guns so much that I can't believe it. I just can't. I just can't believe people are always like well you just want to make all guns illegal and my response to that is you know what if i were the king you're damn right i would sure but i know we don't have a king here believe it or not hello like Mm -hmm. he thinks we do the king the president but i so i know that that's impossible and i wouldn't so i wouldn't even try but i think that we could cut down on some of this horse shit I hate guns so much. All right. So, anywho, that's going on. It's a great, you know, this is a great time to be alive, isn't it? Yeah,
1: well, yeah. It's really great. <laughs> okay.
0: So, you're listening to the Nexus thing, and we're talking to Kevin Nichai. Now, Kevin, you went. So, you're from Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You went to IU. Now, why did you go to IU? Did you, just the music school because of the rep it has. Yeah. that's why I went there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's where we met. I did. I already explained this a little bit, but we both went to the music school there, studied voice. Who did you study under?
1: Uh, Patricia Styles.
0: Now, oh, she is from Kansas. Yes. She, no, she's not. She's from Texas. No, she's not. I'm talking about. But, wise you wise wise is from mm-hmm. kansas <laughs> okay good good catch what if i had been like she's from kansas and you're like okay no uh okay yeah great music school whatever um did you like her did you like studying there i did um this is I, actually something i really want to talk about
1: no yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that i would have liked it a lot better if i'd gone as a grad student mm-hmm. instead of as an undergrad um i think at the time you know i was, I was 18 i didn't know what i was doing and, and i just kind of did what uh, I was told I was supposed to do, you know. So, um, well, wait. What do you mean? Like you knew you were supposed to go to college? I knew I was supposed to. Yeah, I, I, I got in IU, and and I was told, oh, this is this is this is where you go.
0: Now, by the way, for people who don't know, because not everyone knows this, IU is a very prestigious music school, very much. So yeah, so getting in there is uh, is is special, and so you do feel that you know if you get in, you do feel a like. You have to, I mean, it'd be like getting into Harvard. If you got in there, even if you just applied on a whim, you would think, oh shit, I should go there. You know what I mean? So, so you went there to study voice. Did you always want to study voice? Like, were you always going to study performance?
1: Yeah. It was going to be some kind of performance.
0: What else would you
1: have done? Um, Not
0: not what other kind of performance, I mean.
1: I played piano, you know, I, I, I have little fingers, but, uh, (laughs) wait, did you, you put
0: study like. Did you minor in piano or anything?
1: No, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Um, but you know, I, I I played since I was uh, like four. You mm-hmm. know, so I took lessons my whole life, and um, so that was something I played around with. I thought I could do that. Um, I I love doing music. You know, I moved to New York City because I, I love musicals. Right. So.
0: see, I didn't know that
1: about you at all. See, we were so we did.
0: You were you in Susanna when? No, you, but when I
1: saw were, it and it was great. I
0: know that was actually. It's like I didn't even know about it. It's an opera, but it's very. It's in English. It's a great opera. Susanna by Carlisle. Carlisle Floyd. Yeah. Carlisle Floyd. Yeah. And, um, but we were in She Loves Me. Yes, we were. Yes. Yeah. But you were very quiet, I remember. Uh, were you very quiet I in was college? a weirdo.
1: I was what, a weird kid. What do you mean? You were just, <laughs> you were just really
0: quiet, which is why I was, uh, you know, when I saw that you, because I thought, here's the thing about IU, and I don't know if it's really because most people are like this or if it's because it's kind of how the, it's kind of how you're, Told, taught, and how the faculty are—it's very opera-driven. Only opera. I mean, like mm-hmm. I, there were times there when, like you know, if in masterclass or something, I would sing an art song and then maybe something a time song. I would feel like people were kind of turning their noses up.
1: Oh yeah, opera's full of snobs. <laughs> really,
0: and I mean, in you know, it's a great opera school, famous opera school. We did eight fully staged, way too expensive operas a year. Truly, but they would bring in directors, the full orchestra. It was awesome, awesome experience. Mm-hmm. Opera
1: wise, were you in La Bohème?
0: Uh-huh. La Bohème was
1: gorgeous. It was gorgeous. Oh my god, that's and the rotating. That, were you in it? I was. Yeah. Were
0: you? Were you also in um, God, something?
1: Uh, <laughs> it was the thing. I wasn't something. Wait, Traviata. I wasn't in Traviata. No, okay. I saw it though. It was gorgeous oh, with the mirrors, right? Yeah. Oh and my there, god. Yeah, that was that was cool. I
0: mean, it was very cool. But like the thing is, is that like you said, for first of all, operas need mature voices. Grad students' voices aren't even considered fully mm-hmm. mature when it comes to opera. So undergrads rarely, if ever, got parts. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, we can name, like, a, on our one hand, any that got any. And did you do Most Happy Fella*?
1: I didn't, know. Why not? Uh, I don't know. I, I love that show, though. Oh, my did God. Did you see it? Yeah.
0: With, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, PM, I think I saw you. No, you wouldn't have. I was in the second cast. You would have saw Tim, Tim Noble.
1: I did see Tim. Yeah, yeah. I was in the other cast. Oh, okay. Yeah, like,
0: like Reject Cast. No, whatever. <laughs> whatever. No, it was fun. I and mean, like, that, that's something actually, that kind of saved my experience at IU, if you know what I mean? Because when I look back at IU, I think I learned a whole lot. I think it was a great musical education. And I think that it was also kind of stifling, like a little yeah. bit. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because the weird thing is that, like, the theater department, they weren't great. I mean, like, they didn't, they weren't great. Sorry, and like I have a lot of friends who went through that. Like, but it wasn't a great department. It was the musical theater department was literally brand new. It yeah. started, like my f- sophomore year is mm-hmm. when they officially started yeah, the program. Yeah, right, right, right. And they wouldn't cast anyone but their own majors, which was okay, but they only did like two or three shows a year. It was very weird to me because I use a huge school. Mm-hmm. It is a huge school with all sorts of different ranked colleges, like the business school, the music school, all that stuff. And yet, when you like look for opportunities, like the university players or whatever, who when we were there, they sucked too. I mean, like they were barely even existing. I've heard it's gotten bigger and better since we left. Hmm. Great, but um, <laughs> but there weren't a lot of opportunities outside of the departments, which was I felt kind of sad. It's weird. It, yeah, it was weird in that way.
1: Yeah, but you definitely were in your your little, you know, box. Um, I did a lot of uh, new music uh yeah. a lot of new opera uh with and I did the contemporary vocal ensemble and that was um really fun uh but again like really weird uh i mean who was the conductor uh carmonteas dr kas okay, right. yeah yeah uh for the cve but um i know that in the same way that they would turn their noses up uh at musical theater they mm-hmm. would also turn their noses up at anything that was uh after Nineteen sixty, that wasn't like Bernstein or yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you mean like choral music, like like choral opera. Well, that's another thing that I thought was weird too, because like I, like what got me passionate about music singing, was actually choral music, like uh, octavos and stuff. Not not even just kind of contemporary stuff, but like a Carmina Burana, um, some Bach stuff. Like, mm-hmm. but I felt like. I hated going to choir at IU. And everyone did. Like, I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. I felt like the rehearsals were really long. I never felt like it was really about the... Because that's another thing. I remember all the opera singers are always like, I hate singing in an ensemble. (laughs) I hate trying to blend because that's how opera singers are. They're like,
1: or
0: whatever. And, you know, they can, everyone can blend. It just comes down to, do you want to blend? And do you want... It's a type of singing, like singing in an ensemble is a type of singing, just like singing pop or singing... Opera is, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. And some people can do both, and some people can't. And then there's people who probably could but don't. They won't.
1: don't. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I felt like that was a lot of people. That's kind of what I mean, though. Is it like I I loved choral music. I love theater. I do like opera, but like first of all, I knew I knew I know my voice pretty well. I always did. Even like and so I knew I was never going to be like a big opera singer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if I had been a grad student. And so it was just I don't know. I just felt like it was a little. I don't know. But what it comes down to also is it's not necessarily the program we went to. How One thing I used to always wish I could ask someone, even in school, was I wish I could have gone to performers, gone to people here actually living it, and be like, how important do you think it is to have a degree in Mm, mm -hmm. singing? Mm -hmm. What would you say?
1: Uh, Probably
0: not. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that sad? Yeah. Doesn't that suck? Yeah. Like, I feel like when we were in school, the music school and the, like even other kids at IU who had nothing to do with music school, they at least knew that the music school was tough. Mm-hmm. And it was. We, I mean, I felt like we were, we had a lot of homework and tests were really tough. Like those listening exams, those were tough. Mm-hmm. And like they all and
1: I'll tell you what I'm I'm grateful you know for, yeah, I, I mean, love the, being able to sit down in a reading and, yeah. and, and be the only person who who can say. You, oh you're so. talking about oral skills yeah you, yeah yeah
0: like you're training I'm talking about like music history when you had to like
1: oh that stuff oh well, my god I mean like literally <laughs> you're
0: hearing like Monteverdi and like stuff like that great I like Monteverdi I actually do those are the operas I really like mm-hmm. because they're like light and so I can right. sing <laughs> but but like they do
1: sound. A lot. Oh, really and, similar. And when you're listening to one aria that is, like, 13 minutes long. And then they would, like, start it right in the middle. It started anywhere for, <laughs> it's like,
0: like, a 15-second cut. And so you have to learn yeah. all of them. Mm-hmm. And it was tough. I felt like we worked really hard, and, like, we were really earning our degrees. Then we get them, and it's like, uh, I can, what? Babysit? By the way,
1: how much of that can you remember? I don't, oh, those songs? <laughs> None.
0: None. And also, I learned that the hard way, because I was not one who, like, I had friends in high school who could not study and not even pay attention and mm-hmm. come and take a test in ACE. I couldn't do that. I really had to study. And those songs, you c- I tried once to just kind of like, I can memorize songs quickly. I'll just listen to it two nights before something. You, you can't do it. Mm-mm. Can't do it. <laughs> and really you can't do it. And you only take like three or four big exams a semester. So if you do poorly on one, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you're fucked. <laughs> you were probably a really good student, weren't you? Uh, but yeah, I did okay. That's good. I mean, yeah, like, right. but I just mean like in terms of like studious. Yeah, no. Or were you? Did, I was a nerd. Did no, you have to be? I was a total nerd. Well, I mean, like, did you have to? Maybe you were one of those people who could just listen and be like, "All right, got it."
1: Well, I, I wasn't. I wasn't a party guy. So you know, there wasn't a, there wasn't a lot else for me to do. <laughs> Not you? <laughs> I know. But no, wait, what was it? We were in the top ten. We were number well, one. Well, there was one no, of the years we were there, there was we were nothing to one. do. Yeah. Because there was nothing else Number to do. Number one, party do. school. So tell me,
0: okay, so that's interesting. Because let's talk about this. You said you were weird. I didn't say you were weird. I just said you were quiet. Oh no, but I was weird. But why or <laughs> how? How so? And if oh, you were man. weird, again, I just thought you were quiet. I didn't think you were like he's weird. I just thought you were quiet. That's why I was. Uh, I didn't know you had any interest in like theater and like you music director stuff. I didn't even know you were in. I knew you were a vocal performance major. See, I started as a music yeah. ed. and I think I I ended up mu- vocal performance and music ed and minor in conducting, but I really actually, if I had to pick one, I probably would have stuck with conducting and music ed because like, what I really like is choral music is working with groups. Mm-hmm. Um, So what, that's kind of why I thought maybe did you feel stifled at all at IU? Or like, did you just feel like you were, hmm. hadn't reached your, what made you branch out? The Peace Corps?
1: Yeah. <laughs> did it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I knew that I needed a change. I knew that I needed to. Were you happy at IU? something. Oh. I did I I wasn't. Really? No. Do you think it had because of IU? Or? I don't think it was because of IU. Okay. Yeah. Just a but, rough time? No, nah, you know, I did, that's I think I had a a late adolescence. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, I, I think that I, I went through my my emo phase oh, really? in my twi- in my early 20s. Okay. <laughs> Interesting.
0: So you okay, do you, do you have you have one sister? I do,
1: yeah. Is that it? Uh-huh. You're younger. She's
0: younger. She's younger. Yeah. What does she do?
1: She's a court reporter.
0: Really? Yeah. That's cool. For uh-huh. it back in
1: Pennsylvania? Back in Pennsylvania, yeah. Are you guys close? Yeah, we're pretty close. Were you always close? Yeah, we were, yeah. Okay. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. your family close? I'm just trying to, I'm just... Yeah, I call my dad like way too much. Do you really?
0: He's really annoyed by me, I think. <laughs> That's cool. He probably know he, he appreciates it. What about your mom? Are
1: they... Yeah, yeah, I talk to my mom. Are they together? They are together, Okay,
0: yeah. so then, yeah, so they, you can't really talk to one without at least kind of talking to the other.
1: Oh, no, I get my dad on, the, I, I, oh. he's on the golf course, and I oh, interrupt constantly just am gotcha. just the giant pain in the ass gotcha. so <laughs>
0: when did you all right so when did you break out of your funk
1: um i think if we're going to call it that yeah let's call it a funk sure oh. no i think uh, i think peace corps was a, a big now, thing now what
0: brought that about so you it says or i think it said that you went you went to you moved to rwanda
1: i moved to rwanda why i moved to rwanda for 2 years with the peace corps um, with the peace corps yeah Was it, too, because you felt like you needed to get away? Yeah, I did. I I just needed something new, something Ah. different.
0: Really? And you chose to go to Rwanda?
1: I didn't choose Rwanda. They tell you. It's like the Mormon. Yeah. Like, right? Like a mission. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was Elder Price. Were you scared?
0: (laughs) Uh, Nah. Not Rwanda to be scary, but, I mean, just like, that's uh, two years in Rwanda. Do you have any friends? I mean, you make friends. Oh,
1: yeah. No, I I have friends that I I still talk to. Really? uh, As former students and and teachers that I taught with. How about friends from IU? <laughs> I have some, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Really? A lot of people are here. There are less friends from IU than Rwanda? Really, that I have in Rwanda. <laughs> Why? Do you think that's because,
0: again, I'll say, was it because of IU or because of your state at that time?
1: I think I had like a perpetual frown on my face. I wore a lot of black. <laughs> did you really? I did, yeah. On purpose? I mean, like, what yeah, do you mean? Because I, I, th- I didn't
0: see you as that way. I, I just, saw you as very... Because to be honest, I don't really know that I heard your speaking voice until yeah. tonight <laughs> like because you were very quiet yeah and i didn't know what to make of it
1: no i was a little emo kid
0: but like well i thought honestly because we were at iu i you could have just been like everyone else who was just like i can't believe we're doing this musical that's probably what i thought actually <laughs> no which is, i the yeah it's just the exact opposite um did you enjoy she loves me what were you in she loves
1: me oh my god i did um uh who was i was one of the carolers Okay, nice. On the staircase and um, they gave me a name Great it was Parents. Did you have that <laughs> I didn't have any speaking lines? Oh really?
0: <laughs> I, I had two lines. It was though it was in response. Someone said my name Victor, and I said Stephanie. That was it. Oh, I remember that. It was during the dance thing. The club. Yeah. Whatever. It was very meaningful. What a great show though. It is a great show. Did you see it when it was here?
1: I saw it on Broadway H D okay yeah that's
0: great isn't that cool that they're doing that now so it's like taking the stage all around the world and country
1: i think other other streaming sites are starting to get on it too
0: yeah do you think that's risky though because it's gonna maybe bring down sales
1: ticket sales for sure because people are gonna
0: think i don't need to go to the theater just like they think i don't need to go to the football
1: game there's nah. you you can't you can't get the same i
0: agree you can't but people might <laughs> because it is expensive it is expensive it's super expensive now i think they should do it but not in new york
1: i'm all about access me too so and anything that brings it to the people mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all about it
0: did you um growing up did you have a lot of performing opportunities in pittsburgh in, in, monongahela, in monongahela would you <laughs> when you, would you say that's where you're from like if someone said where are you from would you say that or pittsburgh? i'm
1: from monongahela Pittsburgh's like an hour away okay yeah but it is in the greater Pittsburgh area. Pittsburgh area. Okay. Yeah. But did, were there opportunities in Mahanganega? I mean, yeah. <laughs> whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I did like. Uh, I guess I did high school musicals and stuff like that. Really? Uh, I Community? played piano at church for a while. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. You, that's a real gig. Did you get paid for that? I did. Yeah. did yeah. Do you do that here? You should get a church job here. Oh no, I can't play anymore. Yes, you can. I'm so for rusty. rehearsals. I can. I can play when I'm when I'm in the studio with a with a client. With I'm Same coaching. Same here. That's, that's the it. greatest.
0: I in fact I like. I feel like they think I'm great. <laughs> sometimes I'm like playing Bach chords mm-hmm. and they're like, Ah, can you record this? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> I'm like, literally, yeah. you could, like, I could give yeah, you the bass the note. But then sometimes people will be like, oh, you play the piano? Great, could you play these auditions? They're like, are you
1: nuts? Oh, I had to play auditions one time and I will never do it again. Why? <laughs> it was was so, <laughs> I slaughtered so many people's auditions. Someone
0: once asked me if I could sub for them playing like the keys at a Broadway show. And I was like, You really just ask people this? Like, you've never heard me play. I
1: can't play. Like, I was like, what are you nuts? Isn't there like a test or something? No.
0: In fact, no. I mean, like, literally, they were asking me. And had I said yes, I would have shown up. Oh, my God. I would have been like, I could have just made it up. Which almost, maybe I should have done to teach them a lesson. No, I'm just kidding. It is pretty crazy. But you can play. I'm fine. I can play for myself. What do you do? So, okay. Actually, okay. So you moved to Rwanda. You worked for the Peace Corps. Now, why was that so life changing? I know that's basically the mission is what to prom- to kind of share American culture, promote
1: what? Yeah, um, it's. I, I would like to see it move more in a direction of a, of a more equal exchange. But yeah, promoting understanding m- yeah. between different cultures.
0: How? Um, I mean, had anyone in your family done it before? Like, how did you when you needed felt like you needed a change and needed to need to get you needed to get away. What made you think, you know what?
1: Peace Corps. Yeah, my, my mom had a, a friend that she okay. grew up with, and, and nice. he went in the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did it change your life, you think? I, I think so. I yeah. mean, I think everything I do changes my life.
0: <laughs> well, when you got back, so then you took a job with the leadership program, no? What's that?
1: The leadership program. So because I was working in uh, arts education mm-hmm. in Rwanda, I was working with the National Center for Curriculum Development. I was developing arts and drama and, and uh, sort of visual arts and drama and, and music curricula. I um, I got a job right away teaching as a teaching artist. So I would do like the after school programs uh, I travel all around the city. And I got to see... Probably between that and my birthday clown job, I got Your to see what? my birthday clown job. You were what? I, I sure was. Okay, we'll talk about that. I got nice. to see probably more of New York than people who have lived there their entire their lives. I think
0: maybe I was supposed to do that once or twice. Didn't? I'm glad for you. Why? <laughs> wait, wait. Did they send you like a briefcase that you had to like?
1: It was worse than a briefcase. It was this big trunk and uh, it was so heavy. Did you have
0: any training? like clowns? Actually... We
1: did do clown training. I can do balloon animals now.
0: Yeah, they told me how to do those too. I don't think like, but did you like get the, so you could do your
1: own makeup? Did we you... didn't do makeup. We weren't makeup clowns. What were you? We weren't very glam. What did you we, wear? <laughs> we had the, we had the, like the silly yellow vest with like this multicolored, okay. it was a multicolored vest with the, like this jacket over top with a little red bow tie. All right. And then we had this like little bowler hat with primary color bowler hat with a little flower on it. Did you have anything? Like pants. a Like a nose or anything? No, it was just me. So you were not, it was just the guy. <laughs> it was just wearing a guy. Weird clothes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, all right. And then you did like a magic a bunny. show. Yeah, we did a magic yeah. show. There was a bunny.
0: I think, yeah. I think I might have been so why was it bad? Why was it bad? Just oh be, man. See, I felt like it was scary because I don't felt I didn't feel like they actually gave me any training. I felt like I was literally gonna be like, oh god, they suck. <laughs> Here you go. What's <laughs> this? Here's the thing, take it. Like, <laughs> kid. And they were telling me to, like, paint faces and stuff. And I was like, I'm a bad drawer. I was like, this is not going to go well. I was like, no, no, nah, just send someone else. Like, I can't do this. So that's cool. Did you, yeah. now, talk about a learning experience? Yeah. They probably appreciate it, no matter who, how good they are, right?
1: Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe they, not. They, they, the parents were always nice. Yeah. Uh, most of the time we got tipped. Um, you know, something the alone. kids were, no. We, you was, were not there. It was like, we had a, a guy and a girl clown. Okay, that's better. Together.
0: See, we were supposed to go alone. This is terrible. This was a terrible (laughs) thing I was supposed to do. That's good. So you guys had a team. That's better. That makes it a whole lot easier.
1: You you, you know, you you share the misery. Right. That's better. It's (laughs) always better to share the misery with
0: someone. Which brings us to... Now wait. Okay. Before we get to stand up, I want to talk about... So you were at the leadership program. You left there for Educational Alliance. So you Uh really do have... I still work there, yeah. Right. The Educational Alliance. So you really have built a foundation in education. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think about majoring in music education or did you want to teach ever did you want to teach when we were at IU? Did that
1: ever I did you? not. Um okay. I was kind of against it actually. Really? Um, <laughs> um I actually love uh doing the coaching stuff and I love working one on one with my students. Interesting. Um I, the last year I got a little bit more into social justice. I was I was running like the LGBTQI+ uh group. We did a bunch of or
0: uh, uh that Alliance? at the
1: school yeah gotcha. at the school where i was the, at alliance school where i was gotcha. located um and we did uh, like a lot of uh I've, they were brilliant i can't even tell you how these are high school cool they were these were middle school kids okay. um i was just talking about this today to some of the uh, some of the other teachers but like they we actually got on the phone and these are like 11 to 14 year olds and they mm-hmm. would cold call these different organizations like i gave them a script and they went through and they cold called all these organizations. They were like, how can we help? And wow. um, they came up with... How could they help? They came up with everything. So we did... Uh, first semester, we did a clothing drive. Kids mm-hmm. ran everything. Wow. Uh, where second is semester, this? we did... Like where in uh, the city? Oh, this is in Gramercy Park. Okay, wow. Yeah. So like, these are like wealthier kids? No, you know what? It's an, it's interesting. It's, it's uh, very strange demographic. I've been all over... All of the boroughs. Mm-hmm. And um, this is a very, I mean, there are some kids who come from the neighborhood. They mm-hmm. live in the neighborhood. Right. And there are kids who come from Queens and Brooklyn and they're from all over. Really. So is it a private school or? It's a public school. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Which is interesting. So how does that,
0: oh, I see here. Okay. So it's not like most places where it's like, you know, districts and then you have like Wherever you're, you get sent based on where you live. It's big, in New York. You apply to different schools. Kids apply to different for high kids. school, yeah, middle school too, or no? Middle school, I don't think so. Okay, no. so does it mean mainly...
1: this is just kind of a weird anomaly? Okay,
0: I think that's cool. And so, wow, that is great so that they they're learning brilliant. how to do that. Stuff. We
1: did, uh, we did the AIDS walk wow. in the spring. They were, and it
0: was sponsored by the school. Brilliant. I mean, like you were representing their school. I was.
1: Re- we were representing the school. That's yeah. great.
0: That's yeah. really cool. And like, how many kids are in it? Um, Part of the
1: group. We had like uh, ten roughly 10 for middle schoolers didn't show up all the time that's a lot yeah and they weren't all what is this this the lgbt yeah and they weren't all queer identifying they were you know they were also allies is there a gay straight alliance or is it all the same um i think the high school does have a gsa
0: because i mean like honestly i went to a huge high school uh in in kansas but honestly it was in kansas but it was in kansas city area a very liberal area Mm -hmm. huge high school and the gsa there it was like four people and they didn't do anything.
1: No, you know, I think I think something happened. I mean, we didn't even have a GSA, where right. I'm from, the like whole country.
0: Now wait, now Pittsburgh is, now is Pittsburgh liberal? I mean, like Pennsylvania. It's
1: a strange place. Yeah. It's, a, it's um, Democrat, but it's, and it's changing. It's not so say, much anymore. It wasn't anymore. last time. It wasn't yeah. last time. Yeah. But it's, um, that area is uh, labor union Democrats, as opposed oh, to socially liberal. Gotcha. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wow, those still exist. Yeah. So they didn't have a GSA. (laughs) Would you have been in it if there was one?
1: Um, I wasn't in it. I think I would have. I think I would have. But, you know, it it, it was interesting. I think we were around the same time. I feel Mm -hmm. like I went to college, and two years later, there was all this media exposure uh, Mm -hmm. uh, of positive media exposure of queer people. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, we didn't grow. We're, we're not just kind old. Of blew up. <laughs> no, but like I, I noticed it happened within like two years. Yeah, like, I mean, all like, of a sudden, like the nation just kind of shifted real fast.
0: It was fast. I do. I remember we did a show actually, like in 2011, about how I can't even remember, but it was like the fifth state. It might have been us. It might have been when New York legalized same-sex marriage, and it, they were the fifth or sixth state. And I was like, really? It we it took us to to be the fifth or sixth state. <laughs> I mean, that was surprising. <laughs> Yeah. And since then, so that was five states in 2011 like or twelve. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Yeah. All the country fighting hard to get that thing back. <laughs> yeah, still, right. But still, I mean, For like, now. so it is. It was quick. It was a quick, rapid, I mean, it was snowball effect, and it really got rolling. And it was obvious, though. I mean, like, once it started rolling, it was clear to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, honestly, that's another thing. It's like, gay marriage? Like, duh. What else is there to talk? You know, like, you know, there's so many, other. like, it's an obvious Right thing to do mm-hmm. and there's other things that we also need to work on mm-hmm. you know what I mean so it's too bad that it was such a hang up for a long time because you have people like Mike Pence yeah. who <laughs> so it's also it's really truly it's like are, like they need to be tested or something because it's like if why would they possibly care so much about something like that that truly won't affect them at all at all there are people who dedicate their lives to like going to protest causes like that
1: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something behind behind that fixation. Absolutely. Yeah, well, usually it's I mean, suppressed. and you see, you see these congressmen. Yeah, yeah.
0: Really, I do think that. I think that it has to be anyone who's that like staunchly <laughs> against anything mm-hmm. has a little self-protection. Yeah. Like honestly, it yeah. Has to be. What yeah. else? All right, so you went phone. to now. You did all the, so you're doing all the educational stuff, and you love that. Now it's interesting that you said you never wanted to teach, or you, you say that you love teaching your one-on-one like coaching sessions. Because mm-hmm. I'm the opposite. <laughs> I hate them. No, <laughs> I don't hate them, but like when I want, when I went into education, my whole point like I wanted to work with groups, choirs, whether it was actual choral ensembles or music director show or whatever. I just right. like working, tweaking groups, fixing stuff, mm-hmm. working on t- tuning and phrasing all that stuff. And that's very different than doing a one-on-one like a private yeah, voice it lesson. Is. Totally. Yeah, totally is. And so that was something I had to kind of get used to. Also, I was scared about doing it, especially in New York, because people are, it depends. You can get, people come to voice teachers for all sorts of different things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Some people really want to learn to sing. Some people want to make an album. I had one girl who came to me and she was like, the first day we met, she was like, yeah, I want to make an album. And I was like, all right, well, you know, let's just. Let's just warm up a little bit, and she was horrendous. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, hey!" I was thinking, like, "You're never going to make an album, and if you do, it's going to cost you a lot of money. No one's going to listen to it, and it still be yours. It'll be like your own little trophy. That's yeah. fine, but if right. you want to go into a studio and do that, it's going to cost you money, Yeah. and you don't have to go to, to a studio to you're do that. You're not going to get a return on it. <laughs> Nothing, <laughs> no, I mean really. I mean, we could work on it. That's fine, but some people just want you to be like a karaoke. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, but you've done some music. I mean, I saw you did. You've have you done any direction of like the musical direction of productions? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. like a like couple. Isn't that great? I love
1: doing Um, yeah, no, that it's fun. Uh, I wish that I could play a little better than I could play the shows, but, mm-hmm. um, no, it, it's, it's always, uh, it's always fun, especially in, and I think this is why I call myself a, a coach when I do more than a, a teacher because I'm not a technician really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really love diving into text. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and having a having a bigger picture kind of conversation. right? Um, that's About, fun for me. You mean
0: like in a song? In, in a, a like song, given song, in the context of a song. Yeah. Right. Have you done, Do when you coach, now when I, coach to me is, is a very specific thing. It's like working on someone with like audition material or something. When I hear voice lessons, I think of like going over an aria, like mm-hmm. really delving into, mm-hmm. do you do that? Um, or is it theater stuff that's what I do I've never taught someone I've never been I like,
1: do mostly it's mostly theater it's mostly help with auditions right. that's, what, that's what it really is
0: when I think of diving into text though I don't know I think of like breaking down the Italian maybe mm. that's just of what where we went like mm. that's the thing you know? Yeah. yikes <laughs> <laughs> I mean really I didn't I don't know I, I don't know I like I do think about that a lot how we went to school we paid a, you know I mean like even with scholarships it was still expensive it's an out of state thing and it was a great school we learned a lot but it's you what? i mean like i don't know it's not like then once we graduated it was like congratulations bye yeah there was no like it's not like other yeah. people get internships and then are get jobs through those
1: you know There's what i mean not any kind of, like i know berkeley does a does a, a heavy business component we didn't do anything like that i can't, like,
0: even in the time i remember us sitting in french diction one day <laughs> thinking you know We've never taken any type of like accounting or business, like music business class. Nothing like that. I thought that was really irresponsible and kind of like,
1: yeah, right. Hey, they're making their, they're getting their check. They're, uh, they're good. That's bad. That's, that's not great. Bad. <laughs> I mean, that's why
0: people call it a music factory. Yeah, every
1: every call. Yes, I have. But yeah. every every college is a factory.
0: Well, sure. Well, to a degree, but I mean, like certain like when certain majors like that, and I was just talking to someone about this, like, when I, I feel like, I think I was talk, talking to an accountant about it, actually, certain majors like voice and like piano or whatever, I feel like that is something that would need, even more importantly, would need, like, an account, a personal finance Yeah, course. totally, totally. Because we aren't learning business, we aren't learning, you know, like, budgeting and all that stuff, and, like, when we do our taxes, because you know a lot of it is private contracts or independent contractor, like it's a little more complicated than your basic like, you know, especially, it's a little more complicated than hiring an accountant.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I, th- I think that's why it's a it's a great school for grad school. Um, you you need a little bit of time mm-hmm. outside of the environment, and then you you got to be able to go in with intention. That, I mean, that's the real thing. If you're just kind of going in like I did because you're told all of us that, that that's the next undergrads do that. You know, that's, that's what I did. Yeah.
0: Well, I was never going to major in musical theater, though. See, that's the thing. I did know my voice. I did know that much. I knew that if I was going to major in any type of performance, I didn't need to major in musical theater. Like, I knew that I could do musical theater. If I was going to study music, I would want to study, I would want to become a better singer, really learn to sing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yep. I don't want to take classes on You know, tap and jazz and all that stuff. Because frankly, I don't care about that. I'm not great at that, Mm -hmm. and that'll come. There are roles that I can play that don't have to do that. First of all, second of all, I want to learn to be the best singer I could be. Plus, I was always more of a musician than an actor. But like, it's just tough because there aren't a lot of uh, there aren't a lot of jobs out there that you can kind of diversify your degree with. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you enter in communications, you could go into, you know, broadcasting, media, journalism, all sorts of stuff that you can kind of be like, yeah, it's a branch of this. With us, it's like I, you can direct, you can music direct, work at a church, sing, yeah, <laughs> like, right. and maybe uh, walk dogs. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well,
1: that's I, you know, when I moved to New York, I did some, I did some auditions. Uh, I booked a couple of regional gigs. I, you know, I, I liked it. Um, it was fine, but I never really felt like I. It, it just never really clicked for me, uh, even the musical theater hmm. part of it. And um, you know, that's that's when I started. To, I started to kind of take a little bit of a step back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, when you say it never clicked for you, do you mean like
0: you never liked, you never loved the material, or you just didn't like the life? Oh my
1: god, I love the material. Um, I love musicals so much. Yeah. Um, I really do. And I love the most rewarding thing for me is to do something that's new. Mm-hmm. Um, I love. Uh, I'm doing a reading in a couple of weeks, and and it's just been like the journey of that workshopping that has mm-hmm. been a blast. Um, so
0: it's more than review. I mean, like you did. So you guys are actually like taking actual steps of putting it really. Oh way. yeah. Yeah. Cool. This is, yeah. This and do industry. you see the thing about that though, is that it, it's great when you find work that you actually believe in. Yeah. I've done some readings where it's like, this is what time we finished. You know yeah, what I mean? Cause right. like so, there's a lot of stuff out there. There York. is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but But if it's great. That's that's amazing. That that's stuff like is find.
1: that stuff is fun, yeah. uh, but it's it's like the the same regional productions of the Music Man over and over and over again, or yeah. you know, yeah, I, I, it gets a little and sleepy.
0: It's also like, and this is something you learn on the once you know just through doing it, is that like I know some of the most successful people I know in the industry who have been on Broadway who have like really done well. At the end of a production, they have to. You know, they're out. Looking for a new job. I went on this, I did this tour once. It was like a, it was almost, it was like a nine month tour. And it was, I mean, it went through Canada. So technically it was international, but like, and it was great. It was fun. And I liked the people, thank God, because that could have been a catastrophe. It was only six of us. Mm-hmm. And one of us, was the stage manager. So it was like real tight knit. Yeah, right. But I loved it. Um, and I had some, I was thinking I was talking to an old teacher of mine at one point and they were like, oh, great. Yeah. So, so what are you going to do after? And I was like, I was like, that'd be like if your school up and shut down at the end of a semester, and I was like, great, so what's your next teaching job? Yeah, right. you, you would have to go and apply to teaching, apply to schools and go and interview and stuff like that. And that's how it is at the end of every production. Can you imagine that?
1: That's Hey, I mean, there are people on Broadway right now who are auditioning for the next thing, because they know uh, right. when the show closes, they're out of job.
0: And that's tough. Would you, you know, like that's a tough thing to, so it's good to diversify, but also, I don't know, find, there are ways to get be in the industry that aren't necessarily that.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think that's what led me to, you know, UCB and I started mm-hmm. writing my own, I've been writing sketches. Right, let's and, do, let's talk about stand-up. How did you decide yeah. to do that? Uh, stand-up, it happened by accident. I had a friend who was super into it and I was like, uh, I'm going to give it a shot.
0: Had you ever thought about doing it before?
1: I never did. It never, never even crossed my. Were me. you a
0: fan of stand-up comedy?
1: Some. <laughs> Who? Who do you like? I'm picky. Me too. Um, I mean, I think you should be picky. <laughs> like, Tig Notaro is brilliant. She's great. Uh, you know, Patty Harrison.
0: Mm-hmm. Not very well, but I've seen. I've heard a so Is she good? Great? Is, yeah. she really, is she? It's is so she your favorite? Weird.
1: Is she your fave? She's uh, she's up there. Okay. She's so weird. Patty Harrison. Who else? Um, uh, Matteo Lane is also Don't know her. trained. He's a trained opera singer him yeah <laughs> like, yeah i love him uh, okay wow there, there are a couple uh now are these people
0: you've seen live or these people some that, of them okay
1: uh but like you know who he's, don't like he's got some tricky what wait what go ahead louis ck you know you don't like him i do you know okay. i do i do i do you don't love him that's right there's <laughs> no i lo- i actually do love him okay. you know but he's got all this stuff going on right now but um with Tig. Right? Mm, well, Tig's, yeah. Wait, what? Tig what has talking? commented on it. So there's, about know, his well, sexual harassment.
0: Well, I knew that she, con- I didn't know, what are there other cases? I didn't know. I well, he's a
1: producer it. on her show. Right. And she was like, you know, you got to take care of your, you got to like take Did, care of it. And what'd he say? I, I, haven't, nothing, I haven't, I haven't read anything him. from oh, okay. him. I
0: was like, I haven't actually been following it too closely. I hope it's not like a Bill Cosby thing. It's. Oh God! Not it, that far. It, 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 it couldn't possibly be. It's that pretty bad. bad. I mean is it? it's pretty bad? Yeah. Oh wow. So stay tuned. Keep an eye. Out. That <laughs> would be it. that'd be terrible because he has a huge empire now. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, his
1: writing it's 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 so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's he
0: writes a lot. He's like a prolific writer. Yeah,
1: he is. Because the
0: stuff about the thing about him is, we did a whole show called Types of Funny, and it was like we went through not just types of comedy but types of stand-up. I mean, like Kathy Griffin. Yeah, she comes out with specials. She used to come out with specials like. All the time because her her she's tells stories. She tells stories about her experiences. So literally that will never stop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like it's not I don't want to say it's easy for her to write an act, but she's talking about like celebrity run-ins and like feeling like she's a on deal of celebrity and all that stuff, which is it's her act is funny, but that's just constantly coming up with new material. Great for her. Perfect. He's not his are his are written actual bits that he mm-hmm. actually comes up with, and that those are hard to write. Mm-hmm. And he's had a lot of specials and they haven't been, I mean, they've been spaced up by a few years, but, you know, some people have four specials their whole life. Yeah, You know what I mean? Because it's hard to also, once you put it down on a DVD, you got to write new stuff. You can't be doing the same stuff that's on film. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if someone comes yeah. to see you and they're, you're doing the same jokes, they'll be like, hello, like you didn't write anything new ever. It's tough. I but, mean, like.
1: And he, I think, he mines from a a pla and this is why probably he has so, which is why he's so prolific. Mm-hmm. You know, he mines from a very personal place, and yeah. and so do, like um, Maria Bamford, uh, you know, I mm-hmm. think that she's um, incredible for for addressing uh, mental illness yeah. in her in her writing, and and how about Tig for Tig yes. Yeah,
0: but that was, I mean, that was that was awesome, but it was also like, a, I mean, she had just found out it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a just let the, let the let it flow yeah really she was therapeutic but it was also <laughs> mm-hmm. cool because it was like honest so honest mm-hmm. can you imagine that it wasn't just that she had been diagnosed with cancer but her mom had dropped dead fell and dropped dead like a few days before and she turned it into a comedy actually. i know i mean really like that's
1: yeah it's and that's amazing that's some of the best stuff
0: yeah um who okay so what's your process So okay so you had never really thought about it your friend was getting into it and was like you want to try
1: yeah, I was just like, um, I, I, I could, I could try that. I That's can do that. funny that you're so <laughs> casual about it,
0: only because like most people, including people who I think are really funny, are terrified at the thought. I don't even know why. I mean, they perform, mm-hmm. but the idea of writing your own act and getting up. And by the way, this is another thing. Uh, when you see a comedy special, or when you watch the Late Show, or you know the Tonight Show, and I've been, I've been at the filmings for. Tonight Show and stuff. Those laughs are canned. We are mm-hmm. told when to, you are told when to yep. laugh, you're told when to clap. Yeah, you got a it. hype man. Yeah. Yeah. Number one. Number two, even when it's like a someone special and they're not necessarily literally instructed of when to do all that stuff, they're still there to see someone that they are a fan of and they're going to, they're excited, they know it's being filmed, so they want to participate in all that stuff. When you are doing stand-up at like a bar, at, you know, in Brooklyn or something and no one's ever heard of you, you're not going to get those generous laughs now. That's not to say people won't respond if you are funny, but it's not going to be like you know you no. can't just say stupid uh, yeah, yeah. stuff and they'll be like ah ha ha. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's why it can be. I've seen people. Mm-hmm. I'll never. I was at a bar in Brooklyn. I've seen people be really funny, but I've also seen a guy get up, and I'm really judgmental. Not judgmental, but like I like stand up. I you know I'm not like here's a, okay. This is a perfect example. He got up and he was. He was okay, yeah. And he would like he said this one joke, and it was like da 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 da. And I don't, I mean, there wasn't even a, it couldn't even. And he actually audibly and visually was like, oh, sunk, he collapsed. You could see it, you could see it, and I felt my heart broke for him. But I also thought like, well, be funny, yeah. But you know, and that's never crossed your because that's like seeing that was like that's everyone's nightmare.
1: Well, I think that's actually why I I was the first time I went on. It was late in the night. And um, I think that actually helped that there were all these white cisgender straight guys. Now, where was this? This is uh, right around the corner here oh, uh, really? at Platform, not the okay. corner, but like down the street. Now that's way. a bar towards East New York, right? It's like a, is it a cafe ish kind of bar? How do you
0: or... even know they they don't like they probably do stand up one night a week, or do they, yeah. they do that? Okay. Yeah, they There's have an it. open mic once a week. And you is this where your friend did it?
1: No. No, I just stepped in to uh, see the sign and I said, okay, great.
0: And you went? Yeah. See, like, that's something that I've been wanting to do. Like, I've been, there's this place in uh, where I used to work, Long Island City. It's not even, it was called the Laughing Devil. I think it's now called the Standing Room. I would walk past it every day and think, like, because they actually offer, like, great opportunities. You know what I mean? Like, free uh, t- opportunities to, like, go in and give feedback and stuff. And I was like, that's amazing. I'm going to do that. And I just was like, I don't know, I, don't know. I, I just didn't trust my material because I also haven't had a, do you, so okay, before you went, what was your process of putting together an act? Now, it's obviously wasn't like, some. when I hear, hear people doing like stuff like this, they put together like three minutes, yeah, five minutes, you know what yeah. I mean? So what was your process?
1: I am for, I am for like a five that I can shave down and then, you know, you also need to. a 10, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, I, I do, uh, I do start off with jokes um and i do I, I i write it out you know i've got paragraphs on the page and i memorize it and then i just try to forget it
0: so you write it you really you write i out. actually write them word for yeah. the word
1: because it's, you know I, I i i tend to use a lot of filler language okay same here. Uh, like yeah, yeah too much and so uh oh. it's good for me to like be able to go through and say oh no these, these are unnecessary words cut that out
0: yeah 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 okay but you say you start with jokes but like it's, you're not going after there and be like knock knock. I mean, no, like, no. So no, it's no. All, like, is it all observational what stuff? It, yeah, it all... it's
1: it's it's like uh, it's mostly ob- observational stuff with a with a punchline. So right. like, I know that each each paragraph is going to end, each section is yep. going to end with with a joke. So I have a rough idea of what that's going to be about.
0: And okay, so like Kathy Griffin, she'll talk about her running with Whitney Houston or whatever. Louis He'll talk about like taking his kids to a soccer game and like shitting his pants or something like that. Yeah. Which end of that spectrum are you on? Like, are you more like <laughs> observing other people? Or is it like you what happened to you on
1: the subway? I think minor sense. minor, yeah, re- self reflective. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's so you're kind of like self deprecating or like
1: No, self celebratory. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's cool. You know
0: that makes me think of is Sandra Bernhardt. I don't know if you like a fan of hers. I don't even I don't think I've ever seen her do stand up, but I heard her interviewed once and she said that she never did like Conan O'Brien and a lot of people. Our Joan Rivers was very mm-hmm.
1: self deprecating. Yeah.
0: And she also deprecated everybody, everybody else. But else. <laughs> you know, like but she realized she was always like, I'm so ugly. I don't know. You know, whatever. Sandra Burma <laughs> was like, I never felt the need to do that. She was mm-hmm. like, First of all, I want to just celebrate myself. I'm a powerful superstar, whatever. <laughs> and that's, you know, that, I don't think she ever said that, obviously, on stage, but like that's a good way to feel. You know what I mean? Really. Yeah. Especially nowadays. Especially if you felt horrible in college. Yeah. That's kind of actually what I'm interested in. Not if you felt horrible. I didn't know you felt horrible, but I knew you were quiet. And so, like, when so, like, you did you when you went on stage, mm-hmm. and you said you didn't bring a lot of filler people, right? You didn't. No. Mean, so, so these were strangers.
1: I did. Um, so I had a couple of friends that I didn't realize were going to be there. They were. Um, oh my god, that would make uh, me. Do also that doing would sets.
0: Scare the crap. Out. Oh, they were doing sets.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So they were okay. So they understood. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Does that make you more nervous or less?
1: No, it made me. Um, I I felt camaraderie. I think. See,
0: okay. See here's. From it. Here's what I think is happening here. <laughs> Here's what I think is should be pointed out. I think I, like if I perform in front of people that I don't know, I get the normal nerves like anyone does. But when I'm performing in front of like peers, mm-hmm. and this was how it was in Masterclass mm-hmm. in IU, I've never been so freaked out yeah. as Masterclass. When I'm oh, performing yeah. in front of people that I know and that I care. That they're going to know I'm a fraud. Well, <laughs> or is like if I know they're talented or I respect yeah. their opinion or something. Uh-huh. No, this was a unique master class was a unique thing. Because yeah. like that was they that was bad. I hated Master Class because <laughs> it was it felt like people were there to judge you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they were they did. Uh, they did. <laughs> and they did. But like so I think that's kind of what I why I'm thinking like, does that make you scared? That's if you don't have that, like that's so great. You know what I mean? Like if you have like there's some people that I if I saw them there, I would if I was close enough, I would be like, Oh great, I'm so glad they're here, I can get there feedback mm-hmm. is that how you feel about these people or did you just do you like them enough that it's like great they're here i don't know i don't know what it is um, you just weren't nervous i just wasn't nervous Good for you did you ever did you nervous would did you feel nervous at any point like when you walked on you're like here we go what if your joke did every joke work
1: uh, no, um, okay. when when it when it started to feel like it was going a little flat, I <laughs> this is embarrassing, but I like what? doubled down on the swearing and. <laughs> oh really? Did that work? Did and that work? it worked. I think the more manic I got about it, the the funnier people thought like, it was. <laughs>
0: see, again, I don't think I've ever actually put myself in the situation. I feel like if I felt like it was going, you
1: know, sideways, I would just point out that it was going sideways and <laughs> be like, oh god. Oh, well, this is going well. And good night, folks. Well, I think I think my issue was that um, <laughs> I I just dived right into just the queerest material that I could what do you, possibly like what? dive into. What is that? You know, talking queerness? about like just being myself and like talking about. But you were never my queerness.
0: What does that mean? You were I don't like okay in high like in not high school in college like high I'll, school part two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like queerness. What is your like? You didn't seem. You said you weren't like a party boy. When I think of queerness, I think of like club kids and like you know, craziness and like, yeah, uh, well, are I mean, club I guess,
1: no, <laughs> no. But I think I, I talk about things that I would be able to relate to sure. that maybe some of these hyper masculine or like, like what? Can you give us <laughs> yeah, some of your material? Yeah, no, I talk about like one of the, one of the things I talk about is, you know, I, am um, I've gotten a, uh, through my whole life just kind of, um, being, Cute, not like not like sexy, I'm not delusional or anything, mm. but like cute. Mm. But n- now I'm 31, I'm gonna be 31 years old, right? And uh, I, so what I'm, I'm aged out of that. I've aged out of cute though. Okay. I think you stop being cute like somewhere in your 20s and then you, you don't get that back <laughs> again until <laughs> that's you're probably, like 70.
0: That's good that you say that though. I know some people <laughs> who are like. 35 and they still think they're cute. <laughs> Wrong.
1: But like the the bad thing about it, like there's shit that it's super embarrassing that I don't know how to do. By because far. I've always just kind of slid by. Like <laughs> I just like smile and I'm like yeah. wait, like what? Like I don't know how to use a I don't know how to use a knife.
0: What does that have to do with
1: being cute? Like I someone like else used like the knife for you? Someone always someone <laughs> always did the tip. Someone always calculated the tip for me. Someone always Okay You know. <laughs> so, like for example, when it when I and now people
0: are like, "Okay, old pops, you're on your own, yeah n- no, 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 not yet, no, not yet, not yet no,
1: <laughs> I, I I still have a I still have a little bit left,
0: Were but you- I'm 31 just, is not old. I'm gearing old. up for it. I'm gearing up for it. <laughs> okay. I know that
1: the end is in sight. <laughs> but like I know that, you know, when when I pull out a knife, for example, mm-hmm. and and my boyfriend sees me with a knife, um it's the end. Like the what? look on his face is just like Wait, like oh a butter like God. a knife at the table. Well, like if I'm like trying to cut if I'm trying to make dinner, which <laughs> I'm very bad at. And I'm <laughs> okay. very bad at cooking is another thing that oh. is embarrassing that I'm really bad at doing. Okay. Uh, but like, you know, it it, it that, the, just the eyes. The eyes phew, it's like why so big, are you like, this? like oh my God how what have, what mishaps have you had with knives?
0: Oh, well, uh, once I stabbed a
1: guy. You know? I, I've been very, very lucky. Oh, yeah. I think Wait, I've been. Are you talking? It's just are you like? Talking the about? way that okay. I like pairing knives, gotcha. for example. It's just like I don't hold things right. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, this one's like, yo, he's doing that wrong, but whatever. He's adorable. <laughs> and that's, just, I mean, that's just one example. I mean, that's I'm hilarious. like, a, I'm a little bit of a of a wreck, but you know, I enjoy it. But at least, now,
0: <laughs> at least now you're
1: comfortable in your wreckedness. Yeah.
0: yeah. Are you gonna? Where's your next set? Do you know?
1: um i'm i'm gonna start doing uh i'm gonna keep on doing platform but i'm gonna start doing uh this open mic at uh it's called new new chocolates okay is it around here and it's in park Slope. Nunu Chocolates. yeah so it's like are these though. are
0: like yeah that has stand-up beer and chocolate how random and wine. so is it like now this place that you did what was it called platform now is that you said it's like a cafe so what's the setup like i mean were there a lot of
1: people how many people they have there? stage Okay. Uh, they have a stage. They have a couple of couches. They have a couple of chairs that they so set it's up. So casual. Like, yeah, it's very casual. Could you see everybody? Like, where's the lighting? He could see everybody. It's that? a tight. Did it's a care? tight space. I I think it helped. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. you know,
0: like recitals and stuff. Yeah. Totally different. Right. Totally. Different totally. To, I mean, obviously. you know what?
1: I think I think the difference might be that when I'm doing a standoff set, I am just being myself.
0: Yeah. Literally.
1: Literally. And uh, when wait, I'm, are
0: you an exaggerated version of yourself? On stage or literally? Like I said,
1: I think I, I if I'm feeling if I'm feeling the pressure, I tend to get a little manic. <laughs> but but so, um, I mean, you got the yeah adrenaline going. But when you're singing when you're singing a recital, you're like, oh my god, it has to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, which is not the way that you should do a recital. Don't do a recital like that. Well,
0: <laughs> right. I mean, that's the thing. That's what I... See, I didn't love you. I have to be honest. Because uh, I felt like that's the pressure they put on you. Mm-hmm. It was never about just making music and singing and jo- the joy of singing. Like, it didn't seem... I didn't feel joyful singing for the first time ever. You know what I mean?
1: You know when I feel joyful singing is when I'm singing In a song... or something? No. <laughs> no. I mean... When I'm singing a song... Made famous by Sutton Foster.
0: <laughs> that you sing, that you love and that you think yeah. you can just sing really well and, like, you're yeah. comfortable with. Yeah. I was in that like, tour I told you about, like, there was, we all played a bunch of different parts. It was a children's show. Like, so you hauled a bunch of parts from everything from, like, a loving father to, like, the, you know, friendly, goofy dog and whatever. A scared six-year-old. Singing songs and characters, great, because it's, like, you can just... I mean, who gives a shit? It has nothing to do with, like, right. technique or whatever. And that's when you can just let it go. Mm-hmm. Let it go? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, honestly... And that's the joy of seeing when you're like worrying about, you know, like Mm. the resonance and like the squeal, all that stuff and all that, whatever, like, and your teacher sitting in the front row. Just, I I also didn't like my teacher very much. And Uh, that makes a huge world. I
1: mean, I can't even imagine. I mean,
0: neither. I can't believe I didn't switch. I don't want to talk about it. I (laughs) I mean, like, I've talked, honestly, we're having a lot of feelings. Friends of mine who were in that studio said the same thing. I'm like, I knew I was unhappy with that studio. I just, Again, you just do what you're supposed to do. Yeah,
1: you do what you're supposed to do. That's crazy. Ugh.
0: All right, we have five minutes. We have to play this game because okay, I play it with him. Usually, have you ever seen Inside the Actors Studio? Yes. Okay. James well, and he does that like random questionnaire, a pas and he's like, "What's your favorite word?" Sometimes I'll do that, but usually we'll do a game. Now, these questions are kind of hard. It's a so we're '90s kids. You were born in '80 something, <laughs> but you were '90s kid, right? You think you, I'm like, '90s kid? Okay. Did you? So here we go. These are all '90s trivia. Where did my sound things go, Eddie? Not Eddie. Eddie? All right. Here we go. This is the best 90s quiz you're ever going to take. Probably the only one. Ready? Here we go. I'm so ready. All right. What 90s comedy show launched the careers of Jamie Foxx, Jim Carrey, and Jennifer Lopez? I'll give you choices. In Living Color. Excuse me? You're supposed to have choices. How did you know that right off the bat?
1: I watched a lot of TV.
0: Oh, these maybe these will be easy. <laughs> Mad TV, Seinfeld in Living Color, Fresh from Spell Air. Final answer? Living Color? Final answer. All right. That was easy. <laughs> wow, that was pretty remarkable. I was scared of someone, but someone was here on like I think maybe the fourth of July, so it was US history, and they were horror orphans. I felt like bad because they were like, ah. <laughs> I felt like I was you know, like they thought I was trying to embarrass them. I wasn't. Okay.
1: I was on academic team in high school, by the way. But so. this for nineties trivia. <laughs> Not for 90s. For me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Maybe we should
0: have done U.S. history. Okay. Next question: Who or excuse me, what won the Oscar for Best Picture in 1998? The choices. Okay. Shakespeare in Love. Ugh. Good Will Hunting. Saving Private Ryan. Or American Beauty.
1: Oh man, I think it's uh, uh, Saving Private Ryan.
0: C. Saving Private Ryan is that your final answer?
1: Final answer. Uh
0: Shakespeare and Love. Saving Private Ryan was nominated that year. Goodwill Hunting was nominated the year before. American Beauty won the year after. Confusing. Tricky. <laughs> okay. Number three. You're one, one for two. Pretty good. Half, 50%. 50%. An F. No, Let's give it up. Let's okay. give it up. Yeah. All right. Number three. What was the name of the... Sh- now this... is Okay. A dangerous thing is when I sometimes... Now this is so easy and the person doesn't know it so I won't say it. But it's easy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. What was the name of the sheep... Who was, who was used as the first successful clone in 1996. Dolly. Yeah. Easy. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, I was going to say Betsy, Molly, Libby, or Dolly. Nah, number three. Two more. Two more. You're doing great. You're doing great. Number four. The Bandesa base is from what country? Sweden, Denmark, New Zealand, or South Africa?
1: Oh, man. Tough. Didn't you,
0: lo- didn't you not see the sign?
1: I did, I did see the sign. I'm going to say South Africa.
0: That's D, South Africa. Final answer.
1: Sure. <laughs> uh.
0: Sweden. Close.
1: I was like, it can't be Sweden. Abba's from Sweden. It can't be, but I guess you can have more than one artist from Sweden.
0: True. True. Abba's from Sweden. I forgot about them. All right, number five. Last one. Now, this is tough. In the hit song Mambo Number no. 5, that American classic, which girl does Lou Bega not speak of? Rita, Abby, Erica, or Sandra?
1: Oh, Rita. Rita, final answer. Final answer. Mm. Oh, no! <laughs>
0: Abby, Rita is all I need. Mm. Erica by my side. Sandra goes right. in the sun. Ladies and gentlemen, but this is mumble number five. That's it. That's all that we have to do with that song. I don't ever need to hear more of that song. Here's a bonus question. Can you name this theme song?
1: Yeah, say by the way.
0: I mean, come on. Uh, That was the first question I asked someone once, and they got it easy. Then I played like Power Rangers or something, and they're like, never heard it. And I'm like, (laughs) like, really? Fraud. Did you watch Power Rangers? (laughs) Of course. Who didn't watch the Power Rangers? Okay. Kevin Nechai. Now, that's N-E-C-C-I-A-I. Yes, it is. And he's going to be at... Your next stand up. Oh, yeah. Wait, actually, what's the reading? Can people come to the reading? No? Uh, I think it's closed. Okay. But But your next stand up
1: thing is. Let's say it's going to be next Wednesday night. Let's just say that. Yeah, let's do it at platform.
0: At platform. And then you said new, new chocolates.
1: That's coming up. I don't know when those dates are going to be. Okay.
0: But look it up and see whenever their uh, stand up night is and go check it out. Thanks so much for coming in. This was fun catching up. And, um, As I say at the end of every show, every week, remember apathy is the enemy. I don't care what your opinion is, but have one. Watch the news, figure out what's going on, care, have an opinion, maybe take some action, and do something with your goddamn life. For Radio Free Brooklyn, this has been The Next Best Thing. Until next week, peace out.